Barbarian is one of 2022's biggest word-of-mouth horror hits, and we finally have a chance to discuss it in time for Halloween. So join us for the wild ride that is Barbarian. Welcome everyone to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tim. Audio podcast. How's it going? Take a second. Uh, but yes, welcome, welcome mm -hmm. everyone. Uh, it is October. In fact, this should be mm -hmm. Halloween when you get this episode. This is our, <gasps> our Halloween day episode. It wasn't Lovely. originally the planned Halloween episode, but you know, time caught up with us and we wanted to make sure we get this in. So mm -hmm. uh, this is this. This is now the Halloween episode. If you're a patron, you got it early. If you're a patron, though, you should be getting October's bonus episode, which is a <gasps> Halloween themed episode today. Mm -hmm. So uh if you're a patron, go check out that. Uh so, if you're not, it sounds like if you're not a patron then you're messing up. <laughs> yes, yes. If you're not a patron, then go to patreon.com slash mail plus TV and uh mm -hmm. sign up to the three dollar tier and get the bonus episode. But yeah. um, and if you just want to listen to the episodes, just sign up, listen to them real quick, and then ask for a refund. Uh doesn't worry like that, but <laughs> <laughs> all sales are final. <laughs> No, no refunds. Thank you very much. Uh, but yeah, so if you if you um, having uh, monetary problems, just hit me up and I will uh, reenact <laughs> the entire conversation for you. <laughs> so yes, uh, but anyway, so we're going to talk about Barbarian today. Uh, <laughs> this is this is the the movie. It's a, the hot new film came out late last month, early this month. Got a lot of buzz. People were talking about it, and all I heard from everyone was going cold. So, with, with that said, we will start spoiler-free, as we always do, uh, which will be especially and, careful with this one, I guess, but... And now, when people uh, told you to go in cold, did you, like, run to the freezer and start taking out ice cubes I, and, I, like, I, putting them down I, your shorts and... I, I knew the dumb direction that joke was taken <laughs> the second you opened your mouth. Hey, you're the one that did it, not me. <laughs> Don't accuse me of doing it. Is a figure of speech, and you know what Timothy, okay? <laughs> so, yes. I prefer action figures of speech. Oh, very good. Uh, so, <laughs> the, the basic premise, the only thing I knew going into it was that it was a woman goes to an Airbnb. <laughs> things, things, horror things happen. That's it. That's all I knew. Uh, so, that's, that's what I went into it with. Um, I didn't quite get a chance to see this in theatres, uh, mm -hmm. It's on HBO Max now, so it's easy to access mm -hmm. if you want to check it out. But it was getting some buzz. I, do you know what? This is, regardless of the quality, there's been a lot of discussed horror films this year. There's been a lot of movies that sure. people are yeah. talking about and recommending, even if we yeah. ultimately don't end up wanting or liking them all. But, you know, mm -hmm. between <laughs> X and Stream 5 earlier in the year to. You know, Pearl, Barbarian, Terrifier Even like Texas 2. Chainsaw was like, you know, uh, had a weekend where people were talking about it. Uh, yeah, you got big franchise things like Halloween Ends, Hellraiser, Texas Chainsaw. <laughs> there's been a lot of stuff this year. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, and there's been some gems and there's been some smaller things and uh, some <laughs> things that, you know, we, we've still got, get, got to get to. And, you know, even something <laughs> like Fall is definitely on the, on the to-do list. So, <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of things. So... <laughs> Barbarian is just another one that came out of nowhere to me and was like, yeah. oh, this is a thing now. People are talking about it. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so we both watched the movie. 
I'll ask him the question. <laughs> yeah. Did you like Barbarian? <clears throat> uh, so I, I was lucky enough to go see this in theaters. I um, saw it, uh, I guess, just right, right before uh, October started. Um, I, yeah, like went to like late, I think it was like a Friday night showing or whatever. And, uh, for the same thing that you've been, you are saying like, you know, uh, I've been hearing people saying like, oh my God, like this is the, you know, must see horror film of the year. Like you gotta go see it. Like, you know, see it before it gets spoiled for you. Like go in cold, uh, you know, don't, you know, don't look up anything, know anything about it. Just, uh, and I hadn't even seen the trailer. All I know, know is that everyone's saying like, you must see this. Um, so I went in and sat down in the theater um uh pretty and it was like a decent enough packed theater it was like a late friday night which you know uh, as you know i still uh you know, don't like to go places that are too crowded so i usually go late at night and then um you know the, it was it was like a spread out uh amount of people but there was like a you know it wasn't like packed or anything but there's a decent enough people and, and uh and uh i'm just kind of happy because i i think this is a fun uh, movie to see with like a crowd of people you know there's a lot of you know people shouting like oh and like no don't do that <laughs> don't go in there but you know that kind of usual stuff which you know you don't want for every movie but i think in this one it was kind of fun um but yeah needless to say uh, i came out of the movie theater just uh you know dumbfounded just being like wow like this movie <laughs> Uh, was phenomenal. I, I thought it was absolutely great. Uh, <laughs> there was a, a lot of portion there. It was like you were dodging actually saying how you like you're dumb because dumbfounded could have been. I was dumbfounded <laughs> by how bad it was. Like I was like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know where he's going with this yet. Dumbfounded. <laughs> uh, no, I mean it absolutely uh, worked for me. I think is just a super tight, well crafted uh, film. Um, and again, uh, it, it's a little hard to talk about you know without spoilers, but. And, you know, just to echo what everyone is saying, like, yeah, this is best seen not knowing as nothing or as little um, as you can, because um, there's a lot of like fun surprises. Like, you know, I don't want to necessarily say like twists or stuff, but like uh, I think it's a movie that keeps you guessing in, in like a very good fun way. Like there's lots of times where I thought like, OK, I, I think I know this person's deal and like, all right, I, I've seen horror movies before, so I know where this is going uh, and uh, there was plenty of times where I was like, oh, no, I did not see that. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's a blast. It's, you know, very well directed. It looks good. The performers are all great. And, uh, you know, one thing that uh, I feel like got lost a lot with, you know, when people are talking about it is that uh, it, it's actually really funny. Like, there's a lot of times that I was laughing in this movie. That's true. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of humor. Yeah. And it's, uh, and you know, some of it comes from, you know, you're laughing because, oh, something really messed up just happened. But then there's also, you know, uh, le legitimate jokes in it, which uh, I didn't realize at Although first. They're not, they're not jokes with punchlines, though. I, I, I want to make that clear. Right, they're, yeah. They're, there's, like, funny cuts and things like that. Stuff where it's, like, yeah. it cuts to someone doing something and it makes you laugh because of, like, what they're doing. The absurdity yeah. of the situation and, yeah. yeah, how they're handling it. You know, versus, like, you know, something where a thing happens and someone turns to the camera and says, well, that just happened. Like, you know, there's no, there's no jokes like that, which we all know that's the height of humor, but, um, yeah. So, uh, no, actually very funny. And I didn't realize it, but the, the guy that directed this was, uh, actually used to be in a, um, uh, like a, a sketch comedy group that, uh, actually liked a lot called, uh, the whitest kids, you know, they had like a, a sketch show in the, 
think early 2000s late 2000s early 2010s or so yeah i looked up um, the director and noticed that, that was the main thing he'd really done he, he's done a few episodes of other things mm-hmm. but this is really i think he technically mm-hmm. has one movie from like 10 years ago but this is really so, his first you know modern yeah. movie yeah, and it's kind of funny because I've listened to a few podcasts with him about it, and uh, so essentially, you know, there was this like, you know, uh, I guess it was kind of like kind of a cult like comedy sketch show, like you know, it wasn't like super well known, but you know, people that knew it liked it, uh, and from there, him and the kind of I guess like the main guy in the group, Trevor Moore, who unfortunately passed away like a few years ago, um, you know, they basically got this chance to do this movie, I think, in like two thousand eight. Um, which is like just a really dumb like sex comedy movie. I remember because I I probably one of the few people who actually saw it because I like the sketch comedy group. I was like, oh, I'll check it out. Which essentially it's like a, a I mean, it's been so long, but if I remember the plot correctly, I think it's like uh, this guy uh, is like trying to get laid uh, and then ends up something. There's some type of accident and he ends up in a coma and like wakes up like however many years later. And then I think his like girlfriend is now like the centerfold and like uh some like calendar or you know playboy type of magazine or something and he's trying to like seek her out and it's just like you know dumb sex comedy antics thing um but it's funny listening to the director talk about it though he's like he's like oh yeah that movie sucked and like you know he very clearly admits like oh yeah that is not our the kind of movie we wanted to do but we thought that maybe you know we're given the chance to do like a hollywood movie maybe we can make it actually good and kind of rise above like you know, the dumb premise or, or whatever. And then unfortunately it just didn't happen and it ended up bombing. And then I think it kind of, you know, put him in like, you know, whatever director Hollywood jail for several years. <laughs> and then, you know, when he talks about this movie though, he, he kind of says that like, Oh yeah, I just, uh, you know, just wanted to write something for myself and I wasn't sure if it would get made or whatever, but you know, I think it might've been during the pandemic he started it and was just like, I'm just going to start writing and kind of see where this idea and the script goes. And <clears throat> lo and behold, uh you know it's uh it, it was quite a quite a story but um yeah uh, and and it's funny because it's well I'm, I'm just rambling a little bit but uh i think there is like a confidence in the filmmaking but like when you watch it uh like you can tell like he's doing exactly what you know he wants to do with the the story and just like um the way it looks and it's just uh you know very well done i, I feel like on all the fronts so uh yeah i think it's one of the movies where you know everyone was talking about it and it was getting a lot of hyped up but uh definitely for me it lived up to it yeah i liked the movie quite a bit uh i the, the first thing <laughs> the first thing i noticed uh kind of to piggyback off something you just said is right from the very first second the direction felt very confident and very specific like it it didn't feel mm-hmm. like it was just doing basic coverage. It felt like, you know, there's a shot lingering, like she, she arrives at the house at the start and she's going up and she's just trying to like unlock the little keypad thing with the key in it and whatever. And it just mm-hmm. sits on this, this simple shot of her and you can just kind of see some of the dark street behind her and it's this profile shot and you can feel every second that she's trying to get into this house that she feels a little unnerved that she's out somewhere she doesn't know by herself. And the direction of the camera just sitting there sort of heightens all this and it feels very confident because it's not doing anything flashy it, it knows mm-hmm. that the tension should be there just from what this is is it doesn't need to have any mm-hmm. tricks to make it work and there's some fancier cinematography as the movie goes on there's you know there's like shots mm-hmm. following behind someone's <coughs> shoulder or things like that and other mm-hmm. little flourishes here or there but it knows when to just sort of sit and just be still 
and let the <laughs> the the scene play out for itself. Uh, and I think in horror, especially, that's very effectively done when it's used well oh, yeah. because. <laughs> It just it, it kind of grounds it in a weird way. So even if there mm-hmm. is going to be more absurd and more fantastical things as the movie goes on, uh, it feels like it's part of some sort of real world. It feels a bit more grounded purely through mm-hmm. the the camera work, not through the story necessarily. Although I'm not saying it isn't in this case. I'm just saying that the mm-hmm. the direction actually adds a, a a credence to it to to begin with, and I think mm-hmm. this movie kind of had that. Um, and it's a movie that kind of evolves as it goes on. There's definitely sections of the movie you can kind of talk about and say, this is what the first chunk of the movie feels like and where you think the first time you're watching it, where it's probably going, where it might be going. And then it kind of takes some turns and then it goes, you know, you get this section, then there's like a surprising section. Um, mm-hmm. One of the weirdest cuts of the year for me was in this movie where something big happens about maybe 35, 40 minutes in and then it cuts to something else and I went, <laughs> Wait, what? What's happening? Where, where, okay, where, yeah, where, 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 where are we going? <laughs> okay. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll talk about all that in spoilers and stuff, but uh, another thing I really liked, um, I liked the cast, particularly um, uh, Georgina Campbell, who plays uh, the yeah. main character. Uh, I know her from a couple <clears throat> things. She was in an episode of Black Mirror, and she mm-hmm. was the female lead on uh, Krypton, which only lasted two seasons. Oh. But she, okay. was, she was good in that. She was Lita Zod in that. Uh, but you know, as soon as I saw, I was like, "Oh, I know her for something." I looked her up. I was like, "Ah, it's these things." Okay, okay. Uh, so she's good. You, you got uh, Bill Skarsgård's in there, who obviously has already got a bit of horror cred for being Pennywise. You know, and I don't necessarily love both of those movies, but <laughs> he's you know he's he's in the, he's in the genre. And apparently, yeah. apparently, he's rumored to be Nosferatu in the uh, the Eggers movie. Okay, I. I can see it. I think. Uh, well, I'm yeah. not. He's got a very uh, gaunt presence. Yeah. You know, he's got a gaunt mm-hmm. face and physique and whatever. I don't know, whatever that means. Anyway, <laughs> so, no, performance is good. Direction is really strong. So I was kind of drawn in and just captivated by what was going on early on. It's got, obviously, some themes that it's playing with very early on that it very... If anything, mm-hmm. you may argue that it's a little bit, little bit too on its sleeve, just how it brings up its themes <coughs> almost right away. But it does kind of stick with them and... It looks at them from multiple perspectives as the film goes on mm-hmm. and kind of subverts maybe some of your expectations based on the, the themes that it introduces. <laughs> but uh, that's good. It definitely goes some wild places. And I think people who aren't as fond of it, because I've definitely seen, you know, now that I've seen it, I looked up some reactions and some different opinions on it. And mm-hmm. it definitely feels like a lot of people who don't like it as much don't like that it gets a bit more fun bizarrely and i know that sounds strange but when it starts off it does feel like a very grounded serious film and then you could argue that it becomes a bit more fun and not silly but it definitely isn't afraid to have a little bit of a sense of humor about what it is as the movie's progressing Mm -hmm. and i think maybe that's rubbing some people the wrong way who think that's not what they wanted based on the first chunk uh for Mm -hmm. me the directions it took were so refreshing when they happened that I just kind of mm-hmm. got into the, the groove of it. Um, is every single yeah. beat it makes perfect? Probably not, but I was kind of so into it by a certain point that I had a good time. And uh, it's, yeah. I mean, it, I, I think it does a good job of like intriguing you. And even if it is, does take like, you know, wild leaps or jumps or whatever, <clears throat> it does it like in a, you know, entertaining way where it's like, okay, I want to see where this is going. And, 
how this is going to fit in and everything so and a big part again comes back to the direction when it introduces some Mm -hmm. of the more wild things as it introduces them it's handled so well with how it presents those elements when they first appear that i kind of like Mm -hmm. okay if this was lesser directed i might just be rolling my eyes right now going oh we're going this way but because Mm -hmm. it presented a way where i'm like oh i'm intrigued what is it oh holy shit i can't believe they just give me that <laughs> it, it kind of change it reframes how i feel about it and i i feel differently get into the rest of it and then from there so it was not a lot of talking around things but that's yeah. uh and then and uh, and i will say to uh so i, I said it's not in theaters but actually I, I watched it again since it is on oh, hbo sure, yeah, max yeah. now and uh yes yeah, so i watched it at home with uh, my wife i was really excited to show it to her which she liked it quite a bit as well um but yeah i mean even watching it a second time even like knowing where it's mm. going i still had such a blast because again it is just a, a very well done movie and it was nice now uh having the hindsight and kind of seeing uh how some of the stuff is set up and how like some characters stories i i feel like kind of mirror other characters and stuff like um you know not only is it a well done movie but i think it's like a pretty smart movie like that you know there's a lot of uh stuff that you know is like oh like that like watching it again just being like oh that makes sense and oh i see how this is going to lead to this and stuff it's just uh yeah very well uh crafted hmm. um well yeah i think we have to give the spoiler warning a little bit earlier than this one sure because <laughs> so much of it is kind of like shrouded in secrecy and yep. that's how you should kind of kind of view it i think <laughs> so spoilers from this point on for barbarian you have been mm-hmm. warned um and even one of the things I was very careful with, with there was maybe mentioning cast members. I didn't want to mention anyone yeah. outside of the first two because, like, I, I didn't want to like reveal that there was going to be other prominent characters later on or or anything like that. Because uh, so. you could even like, I mean, yeah, like the, the first two characters you see that you probably think are going to be the main characters aren't even really like the main characters. Like, uh, you know, uh, Tessa's well, characters. Like Tessa. You know, I mean, it yeah, comes it, comes back to her. So I would say she is the main character. Yeah, but uh, Bill Skarsgård, though, is, like, not really. He's there for the first start. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, the whole thing with Bill Skarsgård, so the premise of the start of the film, uh, if, in case you're listening to this and you've not seen it and you don't care about spoilers, mm-hmm. the premise of the start is she goes to this uh, B&B, uh, or Airbnb, I should say, and she mm-hmm. tries to get in, the key's not there, and it turns out Bill Skarsgård's character, Keith, <coughs> is already inside. He's already staying there, and it seems to be this mix-up where... They've both booked through different places and they've double booked this place. And he's like, why don't you come in? It's raining, you know, call hotels or whatever you want to do. And she can't get a hotel because there's like a convention, like a medical convention mm-hmm. on in town. It's in Detroit, which by the way, every movie set in Detroit, <laughs> just, just it never wants me to yeah. visit Detroit. It's like, here, look at, look oh, at no, this shithole. No, no. That's all it ever does. Um, mm-hmm. but, so the... The basic thing here is that she's even when she's invited in, there's kind of like a, a moment of like hesitation, and it's it feels mm-hmm. like she's crossing a threshold when she's going in the door. It's like, am I making a dumb decision? Is this guy dangerous? And very quickly, mm-hmm. she asks him the question, like, "Hey, can you show me your booking email or whatever, just to confirm mm-hmm. that this is actually what's happened, and you're not some psychopath <laughs> that's like <laughs> waiting here for whoever's going to show up." Yeah. So uh, there's two things that it's doing here that I I really like. Uh, One is, you know, obviously knowing that this is a horror movie and, you know, uh, seeing it with the reputation of, oh, it's a really like messed up, like crazy horror movie. Like I, you know, like I I wasn't like I knew it was crazy and messed up, but I didn't necessarily know about any like twists or anything. And yeah, 
being like horror fans and stuff, you can very clearly see where the obvious horror would come in. Like, you know, like as you're watching it, uh, there's so many instances where you're like, okay, like this guy's acting really nice, but come on, he's got to be a creep, right? Like he's got to be like some like crazy, like murderer or like sex, uh, like, Fiend. you know, uh, yeah. Or like there's got to be something twisted and messed up about him. And I think the, the film does such a good job of like leading you that way. Cause it knows you're watching a horror movie. So it's like doing all these things where it's like, you know setting stuff up that well just you know, just, it, just enough though this is the thing though because if they went too hard on it i would be yeah, convinced mm-hmm. it was false i would be, I would oh, be sure, no, sure, this sure. is a red herring yeah. he's obviously just a nice guy but it plays yeah. it just down the line enough that every mm-hmm. time she doubts or thinks oh maybe i shouldn't drink that tea he made me that i didn't yeah. see him make because it, it could be drugged or, or whatever mm-hmm. <clears throat> and he keeps saying these things and he's sort of presenting to be nice and mm-hmm. maybe it's just because skarsgård's got an inherently kind of like can i trust you <laughs> sort <Yeah>. of face <laughs> uh, like yeah there's a lot of like can she trust him and that's one of the key mm-hmm. themes that's brought up early on is that she mm-hmm. openly says to him once she does mellow up a little bit and like they start mm-hmm. to like, you know they get more relaxed uh mm-hmm. she says well, it's different for you than it is for me. Like, if this was the mm-hmm. other way around and I was the one who was already here and you came at the door, I would have yeah. never <laughs> let you in because you're a strange yeah. guy at the door. Um, whereas you mm-hmm. just was like, oh, come on in because you didn't feel scared. You didn't feel intimidated by yeah. me. Um, so, and, you know, it's, it's a really interesting kind of like theme that it says. And obviously it, it bounces off that when we get to the <laughs> next. It's, it's not an anthology movie, but I almost feel like it might become an anthology movie the way it jumped in character of, after yeah. like 40 minutes. But yeah. <laughs> Oh, for sure. And then, yeah, the other thing that it does that I like a lot is, um, it, is it just like portrays Tessa as just being a very like smart, competent character. Like she is doing like everything right in this situation. Like, I mean, maybe the one thing you can say is like, no, she still shouldn't have stayed in the house or whatever. Uh, but you know, she is like very cautious, like, at, you know, every step of the way, like you're saying, like asking for his ID and like, you know, asking to check the booking to make sure it's like legit and all this stuff. Like, uh, I, I like that, you know, it, like I instantly like felt uh, like on her side just because yeah, yeah. she's not doing like a typical horror movie thing where, you know, it's like, no, don't do that. Why, why, why would you do that? But it, it does this thing, though, where she asks for that, like, because she, she shows him because she's at the door. She has to kind of prove that she's supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. And she shows the, the booking email or whatever. When she asks him for his when she comes inside, um, he's like, Oh yeah, sure. Just let me go find my phone. Like, if you use the yeah. bathroom, it's down there. And I, and part of me thought was, okay, that sounds reasonable enough. But at the same time, like, is he going to keep like finding an excuse not to show her until he's going to strike? Exactly. Kind of thing? So you're kind of yeah. like thinking like that. But then he shows her, it and mm-hmm. she's like, oh yeah, this looks right. And it's like, oh okay, all right, okay, so that. But then again, <laughs> I'm like, is this all some big ploy? Is, is this all to like gain her trust? Yeah. And when she's at her job interview the next day, which is why she's in town, uh, like she's looking at his like. Because she took she took a photo for safety of his driver's license when he wasn't looking earlier on, mm-hmm. but when she looks at it the next day, she's kind of smiling like, oh, she can she's just kind of connecting with this guy a little bit. That they're yeah. they're kind of you know bonding a little and maybe feel something for each other. And part of me's thinking, oh, and that was almost the time when I was most convinced that he was bad. Is like, oh no, she cares about him now. <laughs> He's going to ruin her life. He's going to be yeah. the biggest monster ever. Uh, and of course, you know, burn spoilers. He isn't. It turns out he's just innocent, and he's yeah. going to be a victim of the other thing they end up encountering. Um, yeah. So, you know. so f- for me, like when I was really convinced he was a bad guy, is 
yeah, basically when he goes down the stairs and is screaming for help just because it sounds like such an easy way to trap, like, oh, yeah, like, yeah. oh, like, oh, you want her to go down the stairs and stuff like, come on, that's such a trap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that too. I thought that's where he was about to strike. Um, and obviously, you know, when she does, she ends up getting locked in the basement uh, and finds like, not even the, the rest of it, just like one little room that's it's like a cell where there's like a bed and a bucket and there's like a, there's like a bloody handprint in the wall. And of course, yeah. like she's, because that's one of the funny cuts in the movie actually is she's looking down this this little hallway that leads to this room and it's dark and there's no lights and she's like, nope, not going down there. And yeah. then, But then she thinks of a way to like, you know, bounce some light off the mirror to sort of illuminate mm. it a little bit and she's like, okay, I'm going to have a look. And then she's like, she never wants to go back there again. And it's like, okay, she's being smart for the most part. Yeah. I think eventually she does have to make a choice to go back at one point and it's very heroic, the choice, although it's frustrating yeah. as a viewer because you know the guy she's trying to save is a complete piece of shit and she shouldn't, but yeah. <laughs> she doesn't know that. She's a hero. She's going to try and do it. Um, yeah. If, if there is anything that's maybe a little frustrating is that, uh, you know, how much uh, you like her as a character, but the movie really puts her through the ringer. Oh, like... yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, so all, all this early stuff with... Uh, like you know he offers her this bottle of wine that is you know it was it was there as a complimentary thing for arriving at the house uh but at the same time you're thinking like or is he some pervert who's trying to like make a move here yeah. like what's, what's what's going on <laughs> and even like the way he presents it like he has this kind of like little awkward stammering thing where he's like oh like i didn't want to open it in front of you because i know you didn't drink your tea so like i didn't want you to get the idea that I put something in. So if you do want it, I, I, you know, I'll wait to open it like in front of you. And it's one of those things where it's like, all right. Yeah. Like, you know, you're being like too nice and too thoughtful. That makes you think that like you are hiding something. Yeah. Yeah. So you, so you're second guessing all this. And, um, the moment that kind of makes her lower her guard a little bit is that it turns out he actually, you know, she, she's there to interview for a, a documentary filmmaker. And when she starts talking about her previous work, the the director that is, uh, she mentions this music documentary and it turns out Keith has seen it. And it turns out the reason why he's seen it is because he's actually, because it was a documentary about the music scene in Detroit. And it turned out that he is kind of part of the music scene in Detroit. So they kind of start to bond over that. And obviously, again, I'm thinking, oh, this is a bit too perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about this. But, you know, nothing happens. Like he sleeps on the couch, like he says he would. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the doors mysteriously open at one point. Obviously, later on, we understand maybe why, because, mm-hmm. you know, someone else is wandering around. But, yeah. Yeah. So, like, th- this first section, which is maybe the first half hour of the movie, but by the time she comes back and we get this sort of big scare where it's like the homeless guy is, like, running up. And oh, oh, yeah. th- this is one of these horror tropes where, you know, she she's arriving back from her interview. It's went well. Although the director lady is like, wait, you're staying where? In that part of town? Yeah. That's a bit, that's a bit weird. Uh, but- and I, I think, like, if... It's, it's kind of funny because, like, when she... The, yeah, like, boss lady or whatever, you know, she's speaking with, like, I feel like maybe she might have been compelled to move after talking with her if it wasn't for Keith. Like, I think because Keith was there, she yeah, yeah. maybe felt a little more, like, safe and secure, uh, which... You know, obviously with him, uh, she would be, but there's other stuff there too. Yeah, because uh, she comes back home and there's this great shot where and, she's... Oh, oh, oh. oh sorry. And, oh, well, uh, oh, sorry. No, uh, you might be talking about what I was going to mention. Okay. Yeah, she goes back home. There's this great shot where she's getting out of the car and you just see this figure running towards her uh, from mm-hmm. down the street. You know, very out of focus, very in the distance. 
And I think the only like, sort of horror trope here I'd critique a little bit is that this guy yelling, hey, little girl, hey, little girl. Yeah. All, all I could think was, this guy's not a villain. This guy's trying to warn you about whatever's actually in here. Like, I I, I just knew... I don't know if it's just because I'm used to Crazy Ralph from Friday the 13th, yeah. <laughs> or I'm used to other... You know, even the start of Urban Legend has that moment where the, the guy comes out and he's trying to... He's got the stutter and he's yelling, there's someone in the backseat. It's very yeah. much that. It's like the character mistaking the person who's trying to help them as a, a scary threat. And I'm not saying she's dumb for it because he's running very aggressively the way he's running down the street at her, but... I mean, yeah, to be fair, like, yeah, he should have, like, approached her calmly and, like, he's not like, yelling and, uh, and stuff, but, like... He should be like, Toodles! Uh, hello, yeah. my kind little dear. Uh, Could I have a word with you, please? Uh, there's some important information that you might want to know before you stay yeah. in that house. Uh, but, I mean, it, but, I mean, you know, it's fair, though, that he... You know, uh, he, I mean, who knows? Like he, you know, um, he might be like a little like out of it himself or, you know, he's probably not used to talking to people uh, as often and maybe he's just trying to be really urgent to get his message across. So it makes sense that, you know, he would be saying that even though if it, it is a little bit of a movie thing where it's like, okay, come on, uh, <laughs> you shouldn't yeah. be that aggressive. Um, but one thing I was going to mention is I do really like the shot, um, like uh after the first night when she wakes up in the morning and she goes out uh you know to leave for her interview and she just actually in the daylight takes a look at the street because you know when she arrives last you know at the middle of the night it's very dark it's raining you can't really see anything so all you see is this house which you know the house looks nice but then uh yeah i think it's like really neat the next morning when she actually looks down the street and like everything is just like these desolate abandoned homes and it just looks very like you know, just kind of Detroit. scary. And, yeah. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> Which the f- one of the things that they teased us a little bit, actually, is when she's like, before she gets in the house at the start, there's a moment where she's sort of waiting and she looks around and there's a kind of a moment where she realizes that not, no other houses in the street have a light on because she's sort yeah. of looking for lights and like, wait, why are all these houses like pitch black? Why has no one got a light on? Like, I don't think it's meant to be that late that no one would be awake. So it's a bit yeah. weird. Uh, and then you sort of forget about it. So then that shot mirrors it when she comes out afterwards and it's broad daylight. It's mm-hmm. like, oh no, everything's like half torn down, covered in graffiti. No yeah. one's living in any of these houses. <laughs> and uh, what's kind of funny is that they actually filmed this in Prague, I believe. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, yeah, because they, they mentioned that uh, like on some of the interviews I listened to where it was actually like cheaper to just like build this entire town in Prague than actually filming in like Detroit itself, which... I don't seem strange, but whatever. It's I don't know. It's the local government in Detroit charging a fortune to film there. I think that's what, I, I that's guess what so. that is. That is easier just to build a fake town in yeah. our country. Uh, but they do a good job of just like making it seem like such a like I don't know. It feels insensitive to say like a piece of crap or whatever, but you know, like it feels like such like a. I don't know, like a scary abandoned oh, no. place that you don't want to be. Given that you see it thriving in like the 80s or whatever decade it is later, yeah. <laughs> it probably makes sense that it's something they built from scratch because they could build the, the two versions of it. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, yeah. I actually thought it was the 50s at first when it cut to that because it was so bright and colourful, but I think it's the mm-hmm. 80s based on the fact that I think, I think he holds up a VHS at one point, so it's probably the 80s. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so anyway. Uh, so, yeah, first section of the film is very good. She ends up locked in the basement because she goes down looking for a uh, toilet paper and uh, the basement door locks whenever it closes. So she ends up trapped. But good little visual moment is she looks in her pocket and sees she's got the key. It's like, oh shit, 
that means mm-hmm. Keith can't get in because I'm trapped down here with the key. So yeah, you know, I, I thought that was that was smart in the sense that it without a single word of dialogue you understood what the problem was and so, so it's yeah. like oh shit she has to try and get out or try and like signal keith when he arrives and mm-hmm. you know get him over at the window that's the, you know sneaking out of the basement uh but mm-hmm. you know they, they do get out uh but she whilst down here has found this creepy room um mm-hmm. and of course when they're both down here or when she's got her phone or whatever so she's got a light all of a sudden it's like wait there's another door here there's like a creepy door at the back that mm-hmm. leads down to this, these big stairs, yeah. which is what's well, kind of well, that's what's on the poster actually. Is like looking down these stairs, mm-hmm. and uh, it's kind of funny when she's first explaining to him like why she has to go and <clears throat> the way like she's explaining, she's like, "Yeah, like there's a room with like a bed and a bucket, and like you know, Keith is just kind of like he's not understanding. He's like, is like, wait, what's scary about it? There's a bed in a bucket. I don't get it. Like, like that's actually, Joe, kind of... you know I liked it, but this is you can you can accuse it of maybe like wearing its uh its themes on its sleeve a little bit because you know how quickly they start talking about how you know how she's more scared as a woman. She has to be more careful, and how he doesn't have to. He's kind of oblivious to it and all that stuff. Um, yeah. I actually, I mean, I don't really, I, I don't mind it being on its sleeve. I actually think all these things it's bringing up is kind of like wrapping the situation they're in in this like neat package where like the tensions kind of really contextualized by it but yeah i think what's really neat about this particular conversation is that he at one point he says like i'm sorry if i'm not taking what you're saying seriously right now but i've not seen it and it's kind of hard to like understand why this is scary because if she said it's like a prison cell with a bed and a bucket that might have like put in his head better but obviously she's not thinking she's she's shouting out she's scared she's agitated whatever i think given the character we meet after this section who mm-hmm. is someone who is, like because Keith, while maybe coming on a bit strong, is always trying mm-hmm. to be nice and make her feel safe as best he can. He's always trying to do the right thing. The guy we meet in the next part, played by Justin Long, is someone who is accused of rape and doesn't mm-hmm. take it seriously. Think he's been victimized. Like I think this idea of like or this conversation where she's trying to say there's this danger. And he's like, I'm sorry that I'm not quite taking this seriously. It's kind of foreshadowing that that thematically that we're going to be mm-hmm. talking about like a situation in a minute where a woman said a man's done something and this man is frustrated because anyone's believing her. You know, it's like it's mm-hmm. basically painting Justin Long's character as the opposite of Keith, <laughs> effectively. That's yeah. But like, that, that, that's a good point. I didn't yeah. I hadn't really thought about that before, but yeah. yeah. But I, just, I thought it was a nice bit of foreshadowing for that. Like it's mm-hmm. obviously not in the moment, but in hindsight, I'm like, oh, that was actually kind yeah. of a neat setup because it, it had me thinking about believing a woman, and then the very yeah. next <laughs> character we meet in the next part is you know accused of of sexual assault, and it kind of you know. So <laughs> that he that he did do like what she did do yeah no it's yeah. Just, it's abundantly clear as the movie goes on mm-hmm. that he absolutely did it it's just not like a mm-hmm. yeah you know, we'll get we'll get to all that so the end of this mm-hmm. section though is where things really turn up shall we say yeah. um it's uh you know he goes down he doesn't come back up and she hears kind of maybe some streaming in the distance. And she goes snooping around, and it's basically an underground cave system once she goes down these stairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, like, some cages at one point. Um, but ultimately, this is all very effective because of how it's shot. Basically feels like the <laughs> like the, the basement in the Resident Evil 8. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, I was thinking maybe more the cave system in the first game. Uh, oh, sure. Per- yeah, particularly <laughs> because the, the monster, or the mother, if we're going to call her that, mm-hmm. uh, is kind of Lisa Trevor-esque. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a little, little, bit, little, little bit of that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so we get this reveal of the the monster character, which is this oversized. And when I say oversized, I just mean she's overweight. I mean she is very tall. She's very like mm-hmm. big, uh, just in general. Uh, this naked woman. I think and, the actor was about like six eight or so. Yeah, and it's a guy that's playing the role. So if you look up mm-hmm. the 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 actor, it's actually a guy in prosthetics. Because uh, mm-hmm. like when we say it's a woman, like yeah, it's a woman, but it's like a unnatural looking. You know, it's, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. So. You know, she comes out and like, but the way she comes out of darkness and it's kind of blurry at first. Like, it it, it does have a nice creepy introduction where you get hit with these big saggy boobs for a second. You go, wait, what did I just see? And then it cuts to California. It's, you know, like well, it, it's, it has this tone shift and just cuts to like Justin Long in his yeah. convertible well, driving next to the beach. Yeah, I mean, it, it's so fast and uh, and yeah, it's really well done. There's so much tension. So you have like, you know, Keith is just yelling out in the darkness like for help, and then. You know, it, it's really tough because, um, yeah, with the hindsight, no, knowing that, like, Keith is a good guy, it's like, ah, like, I, I feel bad for him. But, like, in the moment when you're watching it, it's like, nope, like, whatever you do, don't go down there. Like, it's not going to be good for you. And well, then, well, we can't say for sure he's a good guy. We just know he's not guilty of uh, the things we were, spe- that we, that we <laughs> sure. were speculating of earlier on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, and, like, one thing that, like, I forgot to mention, too, is he does, like, that thing that i feel like a lot of like creeps do uh where he like thinks of himself as a gentleman so like there's a lot of like instances in the beginning where he's like no 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 like i insist like you know you take the bed like there's no discussion about it like that's how i was raised and like i feel like that's like you know a lot of those like, kind of too hard creepy milady yeah kind of internet people but yeah obviously um, here uh we're, we're saying this happens quite what we're actually saying is is mm-hmm. the the mother grabs keith and bashes his head into the yeah. wall and then her hand <laughs> comes for for tess and that's when we come mm-hmm. but it's so quick yeah. and it's so it's so visceral and i think what's interesting and what makes this moment work so well is because the movie has been nothing but slow building tension <laughs> of like what's actually happening here what's the danger you know it's, it's a woman standing in the street feeling unsafe but there's no <laughs> actual visible clear threat yet and even once we <laughs> meet keith Okay, he might be a threat, but we don't really know for sure. It's all very unseen. It's all in your mind. Yeah. It's all just the, the the slow building of tension, and then very very quickly there is a monstrous woman just <laughs> ramming a head into a wall, and it's very yeah. Lisa Trevor from Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could maybe argue looks maybe she even looks a little Silent Hill esque <laughs> in, in a way as well. Mm-hmm. But you know, there's definitely someone who you'd refer to as the monster. Uh, yeah. Uh, and probably multiple ways actually when i get to, when we get to the ending there's some other interesting ways to look at her as a monster but <laughs> yeah but i mean that yeah it's, it's a really good scare and legitimately surprising like I, I again as i'm watching this movie for the first time like i you know I, I i think i'm you know getting the gist of it and i'm one step ahead of it and thinking like okay yeah keith is gonna lure her down here and trap her in some way so then when this happens i was like okay wow uh this movie just totally like blew my expectations away. Yeah. Like I, like I knew, you know, something surprising would probably happen, but um, still like I would have never in a million years guessed like this is what <laughs> was going to be. And then, and like you said, even to go from this then to this immediate cut to yeah. California. And it's just, it's just in long and a convertible driving alongside <laughs> the ocean. And he's singing to the song that's on the radio. Yeah. And he's just like, <laughs> and, and, and so we're back to introduction mode and it's very different and i think mm-hmm. this actually lines up neatly with what tess said earlier tess said earlier 
that you know girls have to be more careful they have to consider the dangerous situation they're always in mm-hmm. so compare the introduction to tess where she's pulling up in a dark street she's scared to get out the car she's scared to be on the porch she's trying mm-hmm. to get the key and it's getting frustrating and then compare that to the introduction of justin long's character here where we cut to him and he's not got a care in the world he's in the sunlight <laughs> he's singing he's you know yeah. and then of course the, his, his life comes crashing down when he gets a call and we find out mm-hmm. we get some context we find out he's an actor in, in this world uh, his name's aj mm-hmm. as well just so i can refer to his character's name and aj mm-hmm. is like it's his agents and someone else on the phone and they're like hey this is a serious conversation like where was it what's going on and it turns out he did a pilot recently and his female co-star has said that he raped her right and mm-hmm. it takes him a little bit to get to that word where he's like saying what is she saying she's saying that i did this and like yeah she's saying you raped her and it's like okay okay so so and so right away you're like well, I mean, I feel kind of bad now because I was speculating that Keith was a scumbag for like 40 minutes yeah. <laughs> and it turned out he, he may not have been. So maybe I should at least, you know, wait and see <laughs> on this dude. Right, yeah. You know, maybe we get, get some more of the story. But obviously, um, his reaction of like, wait, are they canceling my pilot because of this? That bitch, yeah. that bitch. Like he immediately, <laughs> he has the demeanor, the way he speaks, you're like, oh no, he's probably guilty as shit. He, he yeah. sounds like he's an asshole. <laughs> and it, 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 you know, it keeps it keeps going uh, from there where his accountant drops him, he's getting fired from the pilot. Uh, he used to sort of fund his, not only his legal defense, but also his counter suit for defamation yeah. <laughs> that he's doing. And it turns out he owns the house in Detroit. It turns out because you know, the, the, the accountant just casually says, you own some properties in Michigan and mm-hmm. like maybe you could, you know, li- live there or something. And he's like, no, I'll go and sell those. <laughs> I'm not selling my big fancy house in California. I'm not doing that. So, mm-hmm. you know, he, he flies to Michigan and he's, he's basically going there to check it out. And he is told off by his agent or by his lawyer i think it is that he shouldn't have like left the state because he yeah. might be getting arrested soon so he probably should have done that well, and i think what's kind of funny uh you know when i was re-watching this and you kind of brought it up but i do think it's interesting how you know his like kind of beginning story mirrors like tessa's where like you were saying like tessa does everything right where she's very cautious like you know she doesn't want to go into the house at first and then you know she wants to you know she's checking the ids and making sure like everything keeps saying is legit and like she's being very weary and cautious where like it's just the total opposite with aj where it's just like yeah he every mistake he makes is like uh or everything he does is just like the wrong move and like even in terms of like yeah what he should be doing like with his you know career and the legal battle and stuff like yeah he's like leaving the state and you know like they say like oh like whatever you do don't call her and then of course what does he do he you know calls her the woman that he assaulted to try to apologize and like um and it, it comes know, just like it, all this stuff <laughs> and it comes across as trying to save face and it it's hard mm-hmm. to buy any of it because this is right like because when he gets to the house first of all he's pissed because all of the suitcases and stuff that belong to the first two characters are still there. Yeah. He, he gets angry and he phones the agency and he's like, why is, why is there people staying here? Is there anyone booked? He's like, no, no one's been booked there for two weeks. So it's okay. Mm-hmm. So it's been two weeks since the first part of the movie mm-hmm. happened, right? Fair enough. Yeah. Um, but And of course he yells at the, the agent, like she yeah. hangs, hangs up on him. <laughs> he, he yells at the agent and then he phones like his hometown friend. This is clearly where he's from. This is why he owns places here is because this is where he's originally from. And he phones a friend, and well, he this is... and he just he yells out a homophobic slur as mm-hmm. a greeting to him. It says, "Guess who's well, back in town?" Yeah. Well, this, I mean, this was such like a good, um, 
good joke. I mean, obviously, like, yeah, it's a very offensive word, but the way they set it up is he's, like, talking to his parents on the phone at first, and, like, he's having, you know, not, like, a super meaningful conversation, but, you know, he's talking to him, and he's being very somber and serious, and, like, you know, telling his mom, like, you know, it's not true. Of course I didn't do anything, any of these things, and we're gonna, you know, fight this bitch, and, like, you know, his mom's like, oh, don't use that language. I'm, um, you know, sorry, but it's true, and, you know, talking about, oh, like, when are you in town, can you, your father would love to see you, and he's like, oh, really? Like, dad wants to see me? Like, you can tell, like, probably, yeah, doesn't have, like, the best relationship with him and stuff, and then, you know, he, yeah, he, as he's talking to his mom, he's like, oh, I gotta go, this is a very important call, and then, like, he goes from that to, yeah, just picking up the phone and totally changing demeanor and being like, yeah, what's up? And then, yeah, using a homophobic slur and then, uh, and to yeah. refer to his friend. And he goes out drinking with his friend and, like, so, I mean, that moment, like, okay, like, you're basically, like, at this point, you've confirmed to me exactly what type of character you yeah. are. But then yeah. he's, he's, he's with his friend and they're both drinking and they're doing that thing where they're in a club, so they're yelling kind of to, mm-hmm. to hear each other. And he's like, hey, man, this is the other guy's friend. He's like, oh, AJ, man, you, you, you're my dude, you're my bro. So I'll believe whatever you tell me, but you got to tell me what happened. What happened? You know, did you, did, did it, you know, what, what? And AJ just drunkenly says, yeah, well, yeah, we, we, we screwed. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't into it at first, but then we were floating around and she was, she mm-hmm. got pretty into it, you know? And, uh, you know me, I'm you, persistent. I'm very per- yeah, I'm I'm like, a persistent guy. <laughs> okay, so, so you, so you did it. That's what you tell you. Yeah. You, you're, you're just confirming exactly what happened. Okay. Um, and it does such a good job of like, oh, like this is, sounds like the a very believable way, like an asshole like this would talk oh, and yeah, try to yeah. justify their actions. Like, oh, yeah, you know, like she took some convincing, like, Really? <laughs> and of course, at this point, you're thinking, maybe a trip out of the basement would be good for you, yeah. AJ. You know, maybe, maybe you want to go something. And actually, it led to one of the biggest laughs in the movie for me, though. I, I can't deny how much I love this. Is mm-hmm. So the next day, he does actually end up going down to the basement, and mm-hmm. he finds the secret room uh, with the bucket in the bed. And you remember what Tess, her reaction was to this. AJ's reaction is that it cuts to him at his laptop and you just hear him saying out loud, can you include square footage of underground rooms when you're listing the, the home? And it made me laugh so much because obviously it plays into him being a shitty character and all that. But just the, the idea that he didn't wasn't scared, he didn't think anything mm-hmm. weird of it, he just went, wait a minute, can I make more money off this house because of yeah. this? No, th- I mean, this is like legitimately like a good very laugh out loud joke yeah. like this in the theater like you know this got like a huge uh reaction and, and even uh like when he's looking up and it's like nah not really but then there's one article that says it's not usually included he's like usually <laughs> usually yeah <laughs> okay here we go <laughs> and then he whips out the measuring tape uh and starts measuring his, his new uh his new hallway and room yeah. <laughs> and then like you think like okay like we we get the joke and then you know he finds you know the other doorway that goes even deeper and then and he keeps measuring yeah, yeah. and i'm like <laughs> and it's dude, like it's the same is... joke but it's still like so funny <laughs> well, what gets like, me though is i'm like dude this is not walls this is like cave system this is not yeah. part of the house anymore <laughs> that, you found an entrance to the underground cave system this is not yeah. you can't build someone for this <laughs> and even like you know if, if i found something like that in my house like even if you are excited about that, I would not explore it alone. Like, I'd be oh, like, okay, no. like, let me call someone and, and set something up that we can take a look at this. For sure. Uh, like, so, yeah, he's the worst. Obviously, he <laughs> eventually runs into into the mother and, uh, mm-hmm. like, gets which chased. It's pretty... Yeah, uh, just, uh, he gets chased into mm-hmm. a pit, which is where uh, Tess mm-hmm. is. Yeah, 
And then uh, I, I thought it was a great like kind of introduction scene where he's downstairs and he's like still using the measuring tape and stuff. And um, I think he, he passes by the room where there's just like a small static TV that's like playing this kind of like creepy mothering video about like how to like nurse a baby and what to do with a yeah, baby. Yeah, breastfeeding, and, yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, it's just one of those things that's like, um, you know, juxtaposing like this like old video in this like dirty room uh is just kind of weird and off-putting but then uh yeah i like that you know he just kind of has like you know the the measuring tape is just kind of going off into the darkness and you just hear it like kind of start to like shake because measuring uh, tape has a very distinct sound i mean it's the, i've not seen it used much yeah. in movies but like that sort of mm-hmm. metallic sound it has when it bends and mm-hmm. comes like it's a very distinct sound and just like as a viewer, you're like, oh shit, like this is where it's about to go down. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, so he ends up falling in the pit. And it's I think it's when he falls in the pit that it cuts back again, right? It cuts to the, the flashback. I think so, yeah. Yeah. So we, we cut to this bright colorful, and I think, I think it goes to four by three as well, or close to mm-hmm. it anyway. And Richard Brake's in the movie. Richard Brake, who you might know from several Rob Zombie movies. He was also in like, the... Mm-hmm. Uh, he was, who else was in? He was, he was in Tremors 7, <laughs> of all oh, things. Of course. <laughs> of course he is. Uh, but he's got a pretty rememberable face. He, if, you, if you know him, you'll probably recognize him. Uh, but he's like coming out the house. I thought it was the 50s at first because everything was so bright and vivid. And usually when you set something looks, in the 50s, yeah, yeah the bright green grass and the, the white picket fence and all the rest of it. But I'm pretty sure it's the 80s just based on everything timeline-wise, but also some other mm-hmm. things you see. And he's like a guy who's going out for his groceries. He's kind of quiet. Uh, the the direction here is pretty solid. It does this thing where it kind of stays behind him for a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, as it goes on and he gets stuff, he gets a lot of baby supplies at the mm-hmm. store. And it's like, okay, this is feeding into that video we saw in the present day. And it's feeding into the other things. He then turns out after he leaves the store, mm-hmm. he like is like following a woman. He pretends to be like an electrician or something like that and mm-hmm. intentionally leaves a window open and then there's implications later on from all of his tape collection that he was kidnapping mm-hmm. and murdering and raping women for for years yeah. and like he's the you know he's this monster who's done this and mm-hmm. uh then of course the implication as we go throughout the rest of the film is that the the mother that this monster we're seeing is actually the the product of him effectively having a daughter with one of his victims and then mm-hmm. presumably then raping that daughter and eventually like enough inbreeding effectively mm-hmm. uh, gets you to this this you know personification of of, of monster which mm-hmm. in a bizarre way does kind of much like elisa trevor uh and other monsters and other things even like a like a frankenstein's monster there is a little bit of sympathy where sure it's not yeah. really she's not this evil being she doesn't really understand it's not all on her um yeah you know she just wants her baby yeah she, she she's basically been trained by him to be a mother and that's why mm-hmm. she's watching these videos and it's why she gives them a big bottle when we go back to them and then <laughs> so when gross. when aj doesn't take the bottle she grabs mm-hmm. him and does some uh forced breastfeeding which uh Ugh. 
it's you know what it's really disgusting but at the same time like oh dude you've got this coming like oh, absolutely, <laughs> you've still yeah. got this coming absolutely yeah, like, I, i'm you, sorry you, you don't like that this person is forcing a part of their body on you oh boo yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it is very funny because it's like yeah whatever like as many bad things that can happen to this guy please like by all means more. and obviously in the real world eye for an eye is not a, a, a thing that should be you know sure, sure. pursued but this is a movie I get to have right. fun watching him suffer. <laughs> so this is what yeah. this is. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there's a, a lot of interesting stuff going here. Uh, so I, I just go back to the flashback real quick. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, again, just uh, a lot of stuff uh, I, I just love that the movie is showing you everything you need to know, but it doesn't need to like blatantly spell stuff out. Like It never at any point says like, Oh yeah, by the way, you know, I'm the Detroit, you know, serial killer I'm and not... I've been kidnapping women. Like it's just it gives you all like you need to know just like with all the visual yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, cues and, uh, and everything. Well, you know, we've seen we've seen serial killer movies before. We've seen things yeah. like Main Hunter and Silence of the Lambs. We get a sense of you know, quite quickly when he's pretending mm-hmm. to be this guy, you know, puts on the overalls and he's like pretending to be nice, like this is mm-hmm. him like setting up a victim. This is him picking yeah. his next victim and staking it out and so on, so and on. It, and it's a good juxtaposition between, uh, like, you know, present day where, you know, Tessa, you know, like, like you're referencing earlier, like she has to be very careful where, yeah, back in the day, this woman just lets a stranger into, you know, her house and doesn't think twice about it. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately, you, you, know, could, you, you, you see when that gets her. And you could even look at it like a, a, a darker tone to that is that, mm-hmm. you know, this woman wasn't a complete idiot like she, she he, he had you know he had the clothes on oh, sure, he, yeah. you know, he, he was saying convincing things well enough and yeah mm-hmm. like sure a modern perspective i'd say you ask for id like make him prove who he is but yeah. like it's this sort of thing where it's one thing to be standing in a dark uh street and like being kind of vulnerable because someone could just run up and mm-hmm. do something it's another thing when there's predators out there who are hunting who are actually yeah. trying to deceive you and that kind of plays into what she was maybe concerned <laughs> about with keith and so thematically again all that stuff set up that we are going to be dealing with some some sort of malicious mm-hmm. man who is hunting people who is this yeah. monster uh and you know he is the monster of the movie i, I know i keep calling mm-hmm. her the monster because she looks more monstrous but he is the yeah. monster he, he's the reason oh, why she exists it, you, you, yeah. you could read it as a bunch of ways you could read it as like this is the personification of the evil he's created or something you know mm-hmm. like you know so i like you know whatever way you want to look at it yeah and then i like uh, you know when he gets home and he has like that conversation with his neighbor where you know his neighbor like it's very friendly it's like yeah i just want to let you know like well, yeah, we think we got to move on. The neighborhood's going to hell. And even though it looks like such a nice neighborhood and then it's just like a nice bit of foreshadowing or well, I guess not really foreshadowing because we already know what it ends up. But um, yeah, just kind of showing you like what the neighborhood used to look like. And then just that final shot of him just like going into the house and just opening the basement door, which like, you know, by then, you know, we know what's behind that door. Uh, of, so course, it's like, of course he's not leaving. He's built, like, a whole underground system to keep his prisoners yeah. <laughs> in. Like, he's he's never leaving. This is... Yeah, like, he says, like, you know, like, his neighbor is like, oh, you think you're going to end up, like, moving soon or something? And he's like, I'm I'm never leaving or something like that. Like, yeah. It's uh, very good. So, so well done. Um, And then I, I guess, like, you know, we'll, we'll get to it in, you know, uh, in a little bit when we have the scene where, you know, uh him and justin long meet but then but that's such like an interesting scene to see that that you know that he is just like a, kind of another reflection or version of justin long like obviously a bit you know <laughs> much more extreme but like you know there's still like predators you know who 
have like preyed on well, women that, 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 that's the interesting thing about it is justin long meets this person he sees the videotape and he sees that he's a he's a serial killer and he's like you're sick what's wrong with you and but before he sees like the tapes and everything though he is like instantly sympathetic to him like when he runs into him he is like he thinks he's a prisoner uh like of the you know the woman and he's immediately like don't worry buddy yeah i'm gonna get you out of here like you and me we're gonna and, get the and, cops you know, and obviously he's much older he's in a bed he can barely move <laughs> at this point because he's an old man uh, but no, I think the interesting thing there is the fact that he meets like someone who's actually this this proper predator. Because Justin yeah. Long, of course, like AJ's AJ is a character. He is this person who is doesn't think he's a bad guy, but has done this horrific thing and doesn't yeah. un- doesn't didn't understand at the time uh, or is willfully ignorant of what, what he's doing is bad. Like I mean, he knows, but like mm-hmm. you know, he doesn't want to admit that he knows, and he doesn't like later on. He has like a statement. He's like, you know, am I, am I a good guy? Am I a bad guy? Am I a good guy? I've done a really bad thing. <laughs> and you're like, oh, we actually got to set up that he realizes what he's done by the end and accept it because you know he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's actually talking about when he accidentally shoots uh, Tess, which we'll get to, but yeah. uh, it, it kind of becomes, no, is, is he really talking about who he raped? Is that really what he's talking about now? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then it's like, no, he's learned nothing. He's he's a scumbag right to the end. So we'll, we'll get to all yeah, that. I mean, we'll, we'll, get, the, no, we'll, get, we'll get to it. I don't yeah, want to talk yeah. about the stuff again. <laughs> so, no, nah, so we cut back to them in the, in the cave system and he gets pulled off to be breastfed and sure, sure, sure enough, uh, Tess is able to climb out because it's left open and she's able to you know get out the window and there's a great shot actually because uh the mother like hears her leaving and there's a great shot where she, she sort of claims she smashes and claims out the small window in the basement and it's like broad daylight but yeah. the the basement still in... helps like pull her out yeah like... yeah but the mm-hmm. the the basement's still in darkness so as she's been pulled away there's just a shot of like the mother in the darkness like in the window like kind of sort of fading back it's... into the darkness it's a really nice so creepy yeah it's a really yeah. good shot uh yeah. but uh yeah and, uh, I, one thing kind of didn't really I, I guess touch upon but uh one thing that I, that I think is interesting is that the you know the movie at time uh, or a lot of the times is very funny like there's like legitimate like funny jokes and everything but I do think the horror is handled very well like the mm. you know the first introduction of the mother I think is like yeah a great like horror scene and then this scene where yeah she just narrowly escapes her and she just fades back into the darkness like that is like legitimate like creepy horror like it's uh you know it's not like oh this is like a funny movie that just happens to have this kind of horror theme to it or whatever it's like no it is still a proper horror movie and the horror is done really well when it's you know doing it yeah i mean honestly uh the the, probably the thing that i thought was the weakest of the movie probably ends up being the homeless guy because like see when he just sits and starts like theorizing like oh Mm -hmm. she's a product of inbreeding and she comes out at night and i've been living here for years and then like she immediately like comes through the wall because she's like oh she'll never come here because i've been living here for decades and like it was almost like and in my head i went three two one smash like you know of course she came and killed you even though she's never bothered you before because you just yeah. said that. And even the shot, the way it was framed, kind of felt like she's about to jump out of the wall. Like, it just it felt like that. That's fair. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> there, is, there is some faults to, to, to poke at and stuff. This is kind of the frustrating part, which is intentionally frustrating, where uh, Tess goes and actually contacts, like, the police, and a couple of cops mm-hmm. roll up, and they think she's just on drugs, and she's a crackhead, and because she, she's dirty, and she's not got any clean clothes on. She doesn't have ID because yeah. they're in the house. And then, you know, they go to the house, but she doesn't have the keys, so she can't let them in. So, like, the cops are just they don't believe her. Yeah. yeah, they, yeah. they just they don't believe her. And what's so frustrating about it is it's not even like she's wants help for her. She's like, no, there's a guy in there. She, she's like, you know, yeah. she doesn't know his name, but it's like, yeah, there's this guy in here 
who's still in danger, we have to help him. Mm-hmm. Which is why it's frustrating when she, she's going to leave, she gets her keys for the car, but she decides to go back and try and help AJ, and it's like, no, he doesn't deserve your help. Like, he really, yeah. he, he just does not. Uh, and of course, like, this is when AJ, like, finds, like, the, the you know, the serial killer's gun, like, mm-hmm. in the, in, in, in his, like, room. Because the serial killer, he, he kills himself, he shoots himself in the head. Mm-hmm. Um, and then AJ takes his gun, and this is right as she's coming back in to try and look for him. And you can almost just feel it coming, but in a good way. This is not this is not bad predictable like her jumping out of the wall later at the homeless guy. Uh, yeah. th- this is good predictable in that it's like your stomach's sinking because you're like, oh, he's going to F up and shoot her. He's going yeah. to hurt her. Yeah. And I- I'll be honest, for a second, I thought he killed her. I thought she was lying there dead. And I was like, did you yeah. just kill the good protagonist and you're left? Yeah. Oh, you're <laughs> a, a so deserving upset. of everything that's coming to you. Uh, but yeah. She does get up, but she's fine. You know, I mean, she's been shot, but she's you know, it's not a major organ seemingly. So she's she's yeah. she's she's up, and she's he's helping her limp out. They, you know, she, I think around this, I think it's be- maybe it's before this or just after this, but she like drives the car into the mother who's like trying to get at her, and yeah, into the wall, yeah, because yeah, yeah, she gets in the car and like you know the mother is coming out, and that's like she yeah slams on the gas and basically drives her car yeah, into it's, the it's before because this, this is when she first gets her keys and she's going to leave mm-hmm. and then she decides to go back in it's, yeah it's before she decides to go back in she has this encounter with the mother where the mother's on the car and she drives her into the house uh to mm-hmm. try and pin her obviously when they come out afterwards when she goes to get him uh she's gone mysteriously so it's like oh yeah <laughs> a little resident oh, evil crap. i mean i know i've been compared to lisa trevor this was a very mr x from resident evil 2 moment i thought yeah for sure yeah so uh which leads to them hobbling down the street. They don't have a car anymore. Uh, although, to be mm. honest, I, I still thought her car would probably run if you wanted to take it. But <laughs> I, yeah, I, I feel like you know, it, like it's not like she like she only drove like a, a little bit. So like, yeah, you know, the crash couldn't have been like too intense. Like, I, I feel like you could still it'll still be drivable. Drive I think. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll I'll just accept her word for it that it's not. But like, it felt yeah. like it should be. But yeah, they, they end up finding the homeless guy, and the homeless guy is, like, giving them, like, his theories, which act as exposition. This was the only thing mm-hmm. in the movie that I flat out said, ah, I didn't really need him to, like, try and explain any of this. Like, this was, you know. It, it didn't really bother me, but yeah, I mean, it's, I wouldn't say it's necessary either. It, yeah. It's probably the most tropey thing about the movies, is this character and the way he kind of tries yeah. to explain things. Uh, and the way that she... The way, the way the mother jumps out and kills him just feels so predictable, <coughs> so uh, mm-hmm. so obvious... What comes next, though, is, like, just, like, when a movie makes you hate a character so much. Oh, I, I couldn't believe this. Uh, yeah. So, not only does AJ, like, sort of run and leave her behind to an extent at one point, mm-hmm. they're climbing up a... It's not, like a water tower. Uh, yeah, it was like... I don't think it actually was a water but it was like a water tower, yeah. It was some sort of, like, spiral staircase mm-hmm. going up a tower that has, like, a, you know, a bit at the top. And... Mm-hmm. He he climbs up and he's actually going so fast where she's actually hey wait for me and he's just leaving her behind <laughs> and when they get up to the top and the mother's like followed them up mm-hmm. he's basically just like oh she's just going to keep coming with me I'm going to need to use you to get away and and, and he drops the gun which is like he's just useless yeah, like. he's just useless yeah he pushes Tess off the tower and we get the mm-hmm. slow motion shot of her going down and. Then you actually feel kind of some sympathy for the for the mother to an extent. Obviously, you already mm-hmm. do because she's this victim of her, you know, circumstance with this horrible serial killer raising her and stuff. But she dives off after to save her. Yeah. She, she dives <laughs> off after and like takes the 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 
the hit take, you know takes the, yeah. the landing for her you know because we, we we cut to them and like tess is lying on top of her like she's kind of like you know cuddled her and like t- taking the impact mm-hmm. on her back and it's like and they going to do some sort of like weird ending here where tess <laughs> is like kind of like okay with her and is like thanks her and like <laughs> and it didn't, it didn't go that way it still ends with her killing mm-hmm. killing the mother because the mother ultimately mm-hmm. is still you know too far gone to exist but yeah um not before we get the satisfying moment because aj runs down after this he sees that mm-hmm. tess is alive he's like oh i'm so sorry mm-hmm. like i wasn't actually going to drop you I, I, I was just trying to hold you to like you know trick her and you slipped and you know like yeah you, you understand he, that no, no choice just, like yeah he's, yeah he's straight up making excuses yeah. like trying to twist everything around in his head which just i you mean know, he which well, just relates to everything we've learned about him from the start of the story, like the way yeah. he's trying to make up excuses for this 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 rape that he committed. That's all this mm-hmm. is. This is just him making more excuses to make make it sound like he's not a bad guy. Yeah, you know. Um, <laughs> but in a weird way, he is the scariest guy in the movie. Not not because obviously real serial killers do exist, but he's the scariest mm-hmm. one in the movie because he's probably the most common type of bad guy. Oh sure, if that yeah. makes sense, because he's like, oh, the guy, yeah. who pre- the guy who pretends he's nice, but he will do horrific mm-hmm. things when he's given the chance, kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. So it, in a way, he it makes something kind of scariest, which is why when the mother just grabs his head and rips it in half, it is very satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> it's a feel good ending, yeah. I have to say. It's yeah, it's like overly gory and violent, but uh, yeah, you you're cheering so loud like you, you've been wanting this to happen yeah. for like the last hour or so like uh it it, it feels great that he gets this comeuppance yeah and of course the tone of the movie has shifted a bit in the last half hour where it feels more kind of fun and pulpy versus the ultra series yeah. tense that it had before which i guess that shift does bother some people but it kind of worked for me um and then you know there's like a kind of a quiet moment with tess and the mother but you know, Tess pulls the gun up to her face and shoots her, mm-hmm. and it cuts to the the title or the credits as soon as the bang mm-hmm. hits, and immediately uh, "Be My Baby" <laughs> starts playing, yeah. which is a very upbeat song. <laughs> and we get a couple of shots of Tess walking away uh, while that's playing mm-hmm. as the credits are playing. Thank God, yeah. But, oh no, it's, I'm so glad she survived because I, I I legitimately mm-hmm. thought they were doing the oh this asshole accidentally killed her, and now he's well, the final girl. <laughs> yeah, for. For a second, I thought that, you know, because she's, like, on the ground and she has a gun and, like, you know, she's obviously very wounded and everything. And, um, you know, the mother wants to take her back and, you know, she's, like, crying. She's, like, I can't go back. I can't go back. And she lifts the gun up. And for a second, I thought, oh, my God, is she going to kill herself because she's, oh, like, yeah. you know, oh, I, I can't go back. I, I'd rather die. But uh, I was really afraid that they're going to do that. But they don't, they that you know, they don't go there, luckily. Uh, but um yeah even despite everything uh i do feel weirdly feel kind of bad for the mother at the end yeah um well she's a you victim know, like you know she's she's oh totally yeah, yeah yeah uh obviously yeah like she's like you said like she's very far gone and she's doing stuff she shouldn't be doing and you know she is coded as being very monstrous and whatever but uh in the end yeah you know she is a victim and she, all she really wants is yeah someone to care for like a, you know, a baby uh and yeah, it is actually like pretty touching and sad, which is like kind of like strange to say at that point. But, um, but then it's another one of those things though where it's like okay, even if you maybe if I am feeling kind of sad, uh, you know, it cutting to credits, cutting to that song, like I'm instantly laughing again. Uh, you know, at, at this music choice, and then yeah, seeing her like get up and walk away feels very, you know, 
triumphant. Yeah, and obviously the the lyrics very on the nose, but be my baby. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's literally <laughs> what the mother wanted from all the victims was for them to be her yeah. baby. And you can almost look at Tess like taking this shot and like putting an end to this as mm-hmm. like her like killing the embodiment of the thing she was scared of before. Sure. So mm-hmm. as she walks away at the end, she's not scared anymore. She's just sort of walking in like you know in power, I guess, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know. So. Yeah. Um. And I guess that's the mm-hmm. other thing that kind of makes AJ's death very cathartic. Is that like it'd be one thing if like Tess for some reason had to kill him. But I think the idea of the ultimate victim of of a of like this very specific type of like rape and like upbringing mm-hmm. is, is what the mother is. You know, she's a product of of this, and uh, you know, then a second generation of it via incest or whatever. Uh, at least that's the mm-hmm. implication. The idea that like the ultimate victim of that uh, gets to kill this rapist at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, there's a there's a cathartic nature to that as well. Uh, yeah. and it's why he truly sort of deserves it by then um i know yeah. some people like don't like like you know it's okay so it makes sense that she's maybe a little weird but like why does she have super strength and i'm like i don't care mm-hmm. it doesn't matter <laughs> like right the yeah. movie establishes she does and we just go with it like it doesn't bother me that she has super strength yeah no i mean it's uh you know as long as you're showing me everything with like you know, skill and confidence. Like, yeah, I'm not going to question everything because it's just very well handled and uh, it's entertaining me. So, yeah, that, I don't feel any need to nitpick any dumb stuff like that. No, no. It, you know, it's it's not a documentary. It is a... Uh, right. <laughs> it's a, it's a well-made, tense film that turns into a pretty fun movie, bizarrely, but mm-hmm. has a lot of good allegories and a lot of good themes. Uh, it doesn't have to be a documentary for all those things to work sure. and make sense. So, yeah. you know... So. And, like, I, I don't know, I kind of, like, growing up on, like, you know, 80s movies, which, you know, like, a lot of, like, the old school, like, you know, 70s, 80s horror, horror movies, like, a lot of the times they would have, like, kind of, you know, cheesy or sleazy kind of, like, bents to them. So, like, you know, it, like, in a way, it kind of reminds me of, like, you know, something like The Hills Have Eyes a little bit or, or whatever, where, uh, you know, like, I, I like the... There's a mix of old and new in this because there's, you know, I think definitely this idea that even like the director lady was like, oh, wait, you're in that part of town. Like, not that mm-hmm. all of Detroit knows exactly what's going on in that part of town, but they all know that he's going there, right? The idea that this is yeah. this like scary place is very similar to in a lot of like 70s and 80s movies where it's like, oh, don't go to that island or don't go to that town. Like, you know, yeah. like the, you know, we all know not to go there. It's, it's, it's creepy. But then you've got new stuff like it's an Airbnb, mm-hmm. which is a very new concept yeah. and it's a very modern <laughs> thing to to work into your plot um what's so funny is like we've seen airbnb horror movies like that's not like you know like that is like a a zeitgeist yeah yeah, it's like a zeitgeisty thing and like um this is the third one i think i've seen really because uh we did that one that was the rental with alison brie in that and then Mm -hmm. we didn't do it on the show but i watched a movie on stream called killer kate which was set on airbnb okay uh which oh one day we have to do it just for the insane ending because it it, okay. it it goes to weird places. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, even that, I, I like that it starts off with this idea that it, it's not like it's an idea that couldn't, you know, be done well or anything. But, you know, it, it sounds like, okay, yeah, I've heard this movie be, uh, before. I've heard, like, you know, Airbnb horror stories. Like, uh, all right, I mean, sure, maybe it can be good or whatever. But I, I like that. Yeah, obviously it goes in like very wild places that you would never expect, like given that premise. Yeah, and 
I think the I don't even think anything that it does like later on is even that original either. You know, it's just not like oh, we've, oh sure. we've got a monstrous person living in the basement. We've got a killer who mm. keeps people tr- captive. Like it's yeah. basically just a mix of different ideas from different times and periods. But mm-hmm. you know, like I say, it's the handling. It's, it's the confidence in the direction. It's the good mm-hmm. performances. Uh, the modern uh, kind of sensibilities of actually trying to talk about mm-hmm. something. You know, all horror should yeah. talk about something. But I feel like this particular type of subject, which is talking about um kind of you know the difference in, in genders and vulnerability mm-hmm. and the the predatory kind of like behavior that you have to look out for i feel like this mm-hmm. particular lens is definitely something that is modern to tackle in movies in this way oh sure yeah. uh you know so i i think mixing all those things together but just having a strong script mm-hmm. and a strong confident hand like helming the camera just it makes it all kind of mm-hmm. work like yeah. Did I come out of this I, thinking, oh, it's an all-timer, it's one of the best horror movies of all time? No, probably not, but I think mm-hmm. it's definitely going to be in the top ten of the year, and mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to happily watch it again. Yeah, uh, actually, I, I think it was a good uh, thing that you brought up there, because uh, I, I, I do think that's an interesting um, thing to point out, that like a lot of times like I feel like you know, the movies that you think of that become like classics or the other ones that people talk about all the time are like, yeah, ones that, you know, uh, have this big kind of subversive tint to them or they, they do something very, like, unexpected or new. They're like, oh, I never saw that in a horror movie before. And, yeah, like, this, it's not really, like, doing anything that's, like, so, like, out of left field that's like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. But it's just the the mixing together of everything and just being very, like, damn good at, you know, like, what it's doing, like, uh, you know, between just, you know, having like good performers and like good scares and good cinematography and good directing, like all that stuff just adds up being like, okay, yeah. To make like a good movie, you don't always have to, you know, be trying to think of some new crazy thing that's never been done before. Like uh, as long as you're doing something just with very like skilled people, uh, it can be great. Yeah. Um, and I do think this actually does have things to say. It does have, you know, allegories, it does have themes, Mm -hmm. but ultimately it kind of falls into, a really cliched thing that people have always said about horror movies is that some of the best horror movies are just like a ride, you know, they're like a roller coaster. And Absolutely, I think, yeah. And I think this kind of has that feel because you're kind of on your edge. And if you do go into it cold mm-hmm. and don't know what's going to happen next, it does kind of like take these nice mm-hmm. little directions and spins where you don't really know where the horror is coming from at first. And it's like provoking you with the ideas mm-hmm. of where it might come from. But, you know, it, it does hold it back a little while just so that you can be surprised and enjoy the fun of finding out and part of you know unwrapping the present is part of the fun here i think with this one so yeah uh no it's very good um you know i think this is probably going to be one of the more competitive top tens for the year when we get to do it early next year and i'm looking forward to doing it yeah uh i mean this year has been like, I, I feel like you didn't really know it quite at the time, but, like, yeah, looking back on it now, it's like, yeah, this has been a damn good year. I mean, we've, we've got a few from the last month we still need to get to. That we're, you know, we're yeah. going to be doing Terrifier 2 soon. We're going to be doing Fall soon. Uh, Peril, we need to do Peril still. We need to do Bodies, Bodies, mm-hmm. Bodies. These are all movies that I've heard people talking about that we've just not had a chance to do yet because we got them at different times or, or, yeah. or whatever. Um, but they're all going to be coming up I mean, in the very near future. And once we've done them all, I feel like, you know it's going to be a mm-hmm. kind of an interesting conversation looking at what the top 10 is well like they're 
there are some years where it's like <clears throat> when we do it, it's a little bit hard to be like, uh, can we even really do like a legitimate top 10? Like, is it going to be like one? Like there are years where it's like, all right, I know there's like definitely like five or six movies we can have on here, but then are the rest just going to be like, well, I guess by default, this would be the next best one. But um, yeah, I mean, this is definitely a year where it's like, oh yeah, I don't think I'm going to have any trouble at all picking movies no. out. So we'll have our... We don't usually do it right at the end of the year though, because we like to have a bit of time to like sneak in the ones that we've missed. Especially yeah, since you know, still some. December we spend doing Christmas movies usually. So yeah, uh, we'll uh, you know probably probably be a little bit into the year before we do our top ten of twenty twenty two. But I do think it's worth having one this year because there's actually enough to to recommend mm-hmm. and talk about that uh, we could get into it. So, um, but that is uh, that is Barbarian. It is very good. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not working for absolutely everyone, but I think it worked really well for both of us. Uh, absolutely, yeah. I think largely it comes down to the direction, I think. I just mm-hmm. I, lo- I think it's really well handled and how it's shot. The pacing works for me. You know, when I complained about Halloween 2018 and said, oh, the pacing is all wrong for a Halloween movie. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying this is a Halloween movie pacing, but I'm saying this is a, a sort of very confident pacing that is what I, mm-hmm. I look for in a good horror movie. So um, I'm into it. Yeah. So, uh, I'm a... Uh... Oh, yeah, no, I, I'm totally on board with uh, whatever the director wants to do next. I know he's talked about sure. uh, another really messed up horror movie. Uh, he said he's working on uh, one that, you know, he, uh, you know, according to him, he, he says is even more messed up uh, than this one. Um, he also mentioned that he like he wrote a a, a script based in a gotham city but like i guess he just kind of wrote it like on spec uh but he said he'd really like to make it someday which uh, is interesting um well uh, we'll see <laughs> I, if uh, warner's let him do it but yeah i mean it, it seems like kind of a weird thing where it's like all right i don't think like i think they have to approach you i don't think you can just make something and be like hey but i mean who knows if he i mean this was a, a as far as i know i think a you know a pretty decent hit if he you know turns out a couple other movies that are really well done i mean maybe they'll start talking to him but yeah maybe uh or who or maybe with like james gunn uh you know that's right things, james, you james know? gunn's at the hell maybe he's going to see barbarian and go you know what i want this guy on board i want him to make a movie for us uh, all right tim what are you rating barbarian all right uh i gotta tell you you might think i'm a little crazy but doesn't happen often i, th- I think i'm gonna give this a 10 uh I, I absolutely love it. I don't think like there's nothing about it that didn't work for me the first time I saw it. And the second time I, I you know, watched it, uh, I had just as much fun. Uh, I, you know, enjoyed showing it to my wife and getting you know, her reactions uh, to some of the surprises. And uh, again, it's just something that's just very well done and constructed and like, you know, watching it the second time and seeing you know, like uh, stuff that I might have missed and how stuff will build up or mirror like other things that are to come. Um, yeah, I mean, it just everything works for me. The horror works for me. The comedy works for me. Um, I as much as I love horror, like I do like I don't know I, I might lean a bit more towards horror that is a little comedic at, at times. Uh, you know, like I always say, like Evil Dead 2 is like my favorite, um, you know, horror movie. Uh, so I, you know, I, I do appreciate it when. Uh, a horror movie can have like some legitimate laughs and stuff, but I mean, yeah, everything about the movie worked for me. Like the, I, I can't really think of anything that I would be like, well, I didn't like this one scene or this one character. Uh, so that really like, you know, brings it down a couple of points for me. Like uh, it's, it's just, uh, it works. And I was very happy, uh, you know, that we got it. <laughs> I mean, 
I wasn't expecting you to see a 10 there. When you, when you, even when you, you were building it up, I wasn't expecting the 10. Uh, I, I will look like I'm being harsh now in comparison, I think. I, I'm going to give it a very respectable 8 out of 10. <laughs> That's still a great score. Yeah, it was, it, I, I think that was great. Uh, it might rise a little bit in time. I don't know if it's ever going to get to a 10, but, you know, that's okay. That's okay. It clicked with you in a way that just, you know, yeah. transcends, much like Michael Myers when he kills. Of course, yeah. Uh, you, you transcended with this one. Um, no, I think it's great. I think it's great. I think it's one of the strong films mm-hmm. of the year, and I think there'll be, obviously, I mean, just you giving it a 10 means there's definitely going to be some heated conversations about where it places <laughs> once we, we get to the top 10. Um not that I'm going to reveal what I think might be higher, necessarily. We'll find out. Mm-hmm. If I do think there's such a thing. Uh, but... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm being coy. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's Barbarian. Uh, let us know what you think of the movie in the comments and all that stuff, of course. Uh, we said at the start, but the bonus episode for Patreon will be out on Halloween as well today when this goes public. Uh, and that is a, a Halloween-themed movie as well that was voted for by our patrons last month. Satan's Little Helper, which uh, is now streaming on Screenbox, oh, uh, if you haven't seen it. And um, I, I I signed up for Screenbox. I haven't actually watched anything on it yet, but um, I know Terrifier 2 will be streaming on it on uh, on Halloween itself on yeah. Monday. So I mean, I'll just say it right now. Uh, next regular episode you're getting is Terrifier 2, <laughs> so... Sure. <laughs> look forward to that uh yeah yeah, oh, yeah. we'll do even more streams next but then the next regular episode will be card next mm-hmm. week will be uh t2 and <laughs> the real t2 yes the real t2 <laughs> mm-hmm. art, now i just did art the clown with a thumb in all um but yeah uh, and also that's the three dollar tier at the five dollar tier you get another monthly bonus extra called even more streams where me and tim just talk about all mm-hmm. the different horror movies we've been watching that weren't for the show uh so that'll be uh pretty early in the month usually so mm-hmm. no doubt we'll have a bunch of interesting ones to talk about from the back half of october so uh yeah if you're yeah. not on that yet uh probably would be a good time because yeah november we'll probably have a big episode talking about yeah. all the you know, uh, hey, maybe not even movies. Maybe if we did any other extracurricular spooky activities during the month, maybe we'll talk about those. Why? Who, who are you hunting? <laughs> we'll save it for the episode. Okay, all right, all right. Uh, no, nah, yeah, nah, so then Tim usually hits me with a horror movie quiz as well. So mm-hmm. there's, 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 there's fun to be had. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so yeah, all that stuff. Uh, also worth mentioning, uh, along with this show and our sci-fi movie podcast, The Atomic Serum Experiment, there's a new show starting on Male Fuzz Movies called The Collector's Cut. Uh, that is starting for the public on the 5th of November. So remember, remember, the 5th of November. Mm. Uh, we're, we're working through franchises and themes or batches of movies. Uh, the first one we're doing is the Dirty Harry franchise. Uh, that's myself mm. and uh, David, who has been on a couple of things before, but this is kind of his first full-time uh show so he's an android right i sure yeah he's an android uh but that is you gotta uh, teach him how to properly finger uh flute <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. So with this. i'm teaching him how to do what now what what's this now fingering remember an alien uh I, I, rem- in- I remember tim i remember the stupid line in the movie uh it's a sci-fi movie i what's your point 
I don't know. You watch sci-fi movies with someone? <laughs> I do. Yes. Uh, not David, though. I watched them with Tara. <laughs> so, yes. The uh, Terrifier. <laughs> Terrifier too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so there you go. That is uh, that is the show. Uh, I mentioned Patreon. I'll thank our Patreon producers uh, just before we head off. So thank you very much to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Short, Gordon Now, Christopher Moy, David Brown, Al Treisman, and Alison M. Fordyce. Uh, they're producers for the month. You also, of course, support everything they do by just liking, subscribing, digging the bell, rating the podcast high on iTunes, where you get your podcast from. Uh, you can get us on Twitter, at Screams Midnight, for all Mail Fuzz movies. And that is about it. So, yeah, keep in touch and all that stuff. Uh, check out the Discord, maybe. Get a link to that in the description. Mm-hmm. But that is uh, that is everything. So, Hopefully you've had a nice Halloween. Hopefully we've added to your October a little bit with uh, the the episodes we've made. And like I say, we got some pretty interesting movies coming up still from this year to check mm-hmm, out, mm-hmm. which will probably you know be a couple in November and then a couple more in January, uh, and then we'll make our top ten of twenty twenty two, and we'll see how that goes. But uh, that is us. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching scary movies. Happy Halloween, guys. We'll see you next time.